Hello, everybody. We are demonstrating an amazing charcoal drawing technique. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. This is my absolute favorite charcoal drawing technique. It's very efficient. And the first thing I do is I cover the entire sheet of paper with vine charcoal, drawing with the side. And I like this because now you don't have to stare at this scary sheet of white paper. It's really nice to dump a giant area of tone. Then you take your hand, smooth it out. So you have a nice, even area of tone. By the way, this charcoal that I'm using, this is called Bob's Fine Vine Charcoal. It's this giant pack of big charcoal sticks. I find this is just so much easier to use than those really thin vine charcoal sticks. This is really worth the investment if you're gonna do a lot of charcoal drawing. And then we're drawing Ricky Rojas, who, ha, big surprise, is in Moulin Rouge, trying to build up my Moulin Rouge collection. And I really liked this photo because it's got excellent lighting. The way I like to start the portrait, quickly try to mass in some of the areas. Now, I already don't like the placement. I think I put this too low. So if you don't like it, just take your hand and smudge it out. So nice. And expect that you are going to mess up multiple times and tell yourself that that's fine because it is. So very, very loose, really general. And don't skip on the shoulders. He's got this amazing outfit in the show. And obviously <laughs> I went to the show. <laughs> I mean, I wish her debate was there, but yes, don't remind me. And he was really amazing, Ricky Rojas. Like I, I was not anticipating that because I didn't really know what his role was going to be. Oh, shoot. Don't tell me my stupid webcam did that again. Ugh. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Give me a minute. I'll come back in a minute. My webcam disconnected. I'm still here, though. I need a webcam that has a longer cord because I keep bumping it. It's really stupid. Okay, let's try that again. Tech stuff. Does anybody here feel like their whole lives is all about text? It's really absurd. Every day, 
I'm troubleshooting this. Ugh. Tell me in the chat who here is also frustrated with tech. It's always like something new to learn, or I didn't have the right app, or Microsoft locked me out, still haven't gotten back in. Tell me what is your latest tech gripe? What is the most recent thing to irritate you? Because, oh man, I have a long list. <laughs> I will say though, I do really like StreamYard, which is the platform we use for our live streams. It's a great platform. It's super friendly. So if anybody here is thinking about live streaming, this is definitely what to go for. Okay, I think I'm done. All right, I'm back. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna minimize, maximize. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it seems like I, I just can't get through a single stream without something going wrong. Okay, let's get back to Ricky. And he has a pretty severe tilt to the way that his head is. I think I drew him too small. Yeah, wipe it out, let's make him bigger. I mean, I do really love the outfit he's wearing. So maybe I'll put him a little bit higher so that way the face is bigger. And this takes time, placing your portrait, trying to figure out how big, how much space you want it to take up. This is not a small thing to learn how to do. So if you find that you're just ugh, over and over again, you have to fix things, that's exactly the way it should be. Nobody here should be able to just nail it the first time through. It's actually a little annoying that the hair is cropped off, but whatever, I'll just deal with it. Even things like the basic lines of the clothing. I was just talking to people about this yesterday because we did a workshop on gestural portraits and primates. It was so fun. I had such a good time. And one of the things we talked about was that oftentimes in a portrait, there is far too much emphasis on the facial features and that you really have to provide equal attention to every single part of the portrait. So in this case, his clothing is incredibly important. It says everything about his character. So things like the suit that he's wearing, don't leave that stuff out. He's got a great mustache. I love his mustache. Okay, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Wait, what? Jay King? Clara, I was walking down the street in New York City the other day. I guess who I saw? Hugh Jackman. I was too scared to say hi, though. Honestly, I don't think I could. 
I, I just feel like it, it's such an invasion of their privacy. I know people do all the time, but I, I just don't know I could bring myself to do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. J. King, you're hurting me. <laughs> Thank you so much for your support. I hate Microsoft. I'm so mad at them. I mean, it's their fault. I'm not using Skype anymore because I'm locked out of my account. This is so dumb. Yes, this hurts me. Everybody has a Hugh Jackman and Air Debate story. How come I don't yet? Oh, Blue says you could probably sketch with your hands. Well, you sort of are because you all saw in the beginning, I was just doing this. And that's more almost feeling out about where you things you want them to be. Yeah, that's the whole thing about reference photos is that they're oftentimes missing things or they're not quite what you're looking for. And you'll notice that on our Flickr collection that the heads that I've posted, none of them are cropped. And that's very purposeful. Same thing with the animal photos. You'll notice none of the animals are cropped. And that's very important because with reference photos, it's always better to have too much rather than not enough information. The commission I'm working on right now is such a nightmare in terms of reference photos because I just don't have at least 60% I've had to either shoot my own photo or do tons and tons of photo bashing. It was absurd how much I had to do in terms of getting the right reference. Oh, Blue says, sometimes a dirty tortillion is a good sketch tool. Oh, I've never actually used those much. I, I mean, I know what they're for, but they're not really a part of my regular practice. That's a good tip. Yeah, Comcube says the same thing. Oh, apparently I'm like the only person who doesn't know about that. That's really funny. Okay. All right, now I've, I've blocked in some basic shapes. He's got a great jawbone. So I'm gonna really hang on to that jawbone. And I do wanna block out really basically, I just, I love the facial expression that he has. It's just fantastic. But anyway, the whole thing about his performance is that he doesn't have that typical Broadway voice. I, I'm thinking about somebody like Josh Groban, who's in Sweeney Todd right now. He has a very like Broadway voice. But what I really liked about Ricky Rojas is that he had this very guttural, almost coarseness to his voice, but it was so perfect for the role that he was playing. And I, I just really like that. So he had a very unusual voice that I wasn't prepared to hear. And I, I love that so much. And I have to say the side players, oh my gosh, they are so critical. I mean, they are in movies and stuff like that, but there are a couple supporting actors in the show who were phenomenal. The guy that plays Zidler, who is the almost ringmaster he was so good and not just in terms of the voice, but his physical acting was really amazing. 
Okay, landmarks like the ear. The ear is not a bony landmark, but it's extremely helpful because I always compare, okay, what is the height of the ear to the height of the eye? And you can't see much of his neck because a lot of it is in shadow, but I do want it in there. I guess he's more, I think this is a scarf, the part I'm drawing right now. I mean, the costumes are just, oh, gorgeous. Oh man, he looks weird. Okay, I'm not, I'm not even gonna pay attention to how weird he looks. <laughs> Oh, so this is what I do a lot with portraits. People ask me about proportions. Well, how do I know where things go? How big they are? So I make comparisons. I say, okay, here is the corner of his jawbone. And where is the height of the shoulder in relation to that? So if I really observe the reference photo, the height of the shoulder is not that much below that. It's like a tiny bit below. And so actually the height of the shoulder should be here based on the jawbone, like I had it all the way down here, but the only way I knew how to do that was because I looked at it in relation to the jawbone, because really the whole key to proportions is relationships. There's no, I mean, some people think there's a measuring system, I don't. <laughs> and that that's how you figure out proportions is you make comparisons. It's not about saying, oh, the head is seven and a half heads tall, it's about saying, well, the ear is below the eye. That is, I think, it's a more organic way of working, but I like that better because I cannot measure things for my life. And you can see I'm taking a pretty boxy approach. This is more boxy than I would like it to be, but sometimes when I'm trying to really nail, this is the jawbone, that can be helpful. Can already see the cheekbone was too low. And let's get the mouth established because the mouth is going to help me with the height of the shoulder. So maybe spend some time on the nose. By the way, who's drawing along with me? Because I'm not going to be here in a little bit because <laughs> I'm going to Japan for two weeks at the end of June. So there's going to be a little lull from us in terms of live streams. I've got other content that's lined up for when I'm away, but we're not going to have a lot of live streams pretty soon. Okay. I, I want to get more of that. He's got a great eye socket. <laughs> Good for me. And the nose it's more about the nasal bone. The other stuff is less important. What I'm trying to do with the nasal bone is to get the right angle and to really firmly establish it. For me, the nose is a really good landmark to start on the figure because it's in the middle. So a lot of people will say, well, I go eyes, nose, mouth. But the thing is, if you start in the middle with the nose, then you move up and you move down. It's a little bit easier. So you're not doing things sort of top to bottom, which I find tough to do. Okay, now with the lip, what I look for is the line in between the two lips because that, that's structurally the most important thing. And his mustache is such a big part of his personality that that's, 
I cannot leave that out. I have to get that in there. So here's the problem with the vine charcoal. You might notice that there are some parts that got smudged away. Like I turned around and my jawbone <laughs> wasn't there anymore. And so that's one of the drawbacks of the vine charcoal is that it, it is so easy to mess up your drawing. So I say to people, listen, vine charcoal is for the beginning part of the drawing. When you're making all kinds of changes and you're moving things around, that's when you want to use the vine charcoal. You don't want to use it beyond that, though, because it will flick out on you. It will ditch you, stab you in the back. Compressed charcoal, I know a lot of you think it's not very friendly, but it is so loyal. It will stick around for you. I will say, in terms of friendships, I mean, I, I'm sort of <laughs> very quick to just be like, I'm not putting up with this crap. But loyalty, very important, in my opinion. Actually, tell me in the chat, in terms of friendships, what, what do you value the most? Because for me, a big part of it is loyalty. I know that sounds a little intense, but I just want to know that people are there for me. Okay, let's work on, I don't think I gave him enough of a forehead. I would say loyalty is a big part of it. Empathy. I had a friend in art school who I hung out with a lot and we were very good friends, but she didn't have a lot of empathy. <laughs> not at all. She was not somebody who you could cry on. They were not a shoulder for you to cry on. All right, I'm ignoring the clothing, we got to bring it back. See, I drew it and then I erased it because stupid fine charcoal flaked out on me. Oh, I just love the costumes. The costumes are so incredible. I mean, imagine that they have to make a custom costume for every single actor who plays the part. And a lot of this stuff, it's like they're hand sewing rhinestones, which I cannot conceive of. It's extraordinary, the craftsmanship that happens. Let's get the collar really solid. The collar is a really important shape. And so that's a good way to think about clothing, shape this shape here. That shape on that side. Because what's happening is you have the head, it's at a tilt, but then the clothing is almost going the opposite way. So I got to be careful I'm not making the clothing too straight. Okay, taking a step back. I think his forehead is still too small. So that's another important thing. I can't really do it on the live stream, but you have to step back and look at it from a distance. I mean, walk back 15 feet because when you're up close working on things, you just can't see things very well. So I, I always try to prioritize that, especially if you're making a bigger piece 
and there's a lot of detail, you can get in a lot of trouble if you don't do that because you'll be working on a detail for so long and you're like, oh, it looks good. And then you step back and you're like, oh my God, it's too low. And so you have to make sure you're running back and looking at it from a distance as much as you can because you won't see proportions. Like if you guys are up close, like I am, you're not gonna see the proportions very well. You step back, that's how you're gonna see proportions. Something's weird about his cheekbones. Let me see if I can. So this cheekbone, obviously it doesn't really look like that. I'm just trying to place it. So anatomically, I know what's going on. And actually this crease right there, that's also an important structural feature because it helps the nose sit into the composition. All right, I think I'm almost done with the vine charcoal because I feel like it's doing more damage than anything else. Actually, the other reason I like Ricky, <laughs> it's because he does all these Instagram lives because he plays guitar. He's really, really good. But you know what? Aaron Tobate is like in half of them. <laughs> and so I was watch. I mean, not recently. He hasn't been on. But there's just so many Instagram lives of Ricky and Aaron together. And I watch every single one of them. So that's the other reason I'm a Ricky fan. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for bringing us Aaron Tobate content. <laughs> And then also this spot here, you can see I really emphasize that because that's where his beard comes in. I'm not sure I'm on board with the distance between the two eyes. So let's go back and reevaluate. I'm gonna try to find the upper eyelid. And then there's this wrinkle under his eye. Maybe that will help. Yeah, so I guess cropping wise, I have to crop it here because there's nothing else going on. So I'm just making that mark so I don't forget about that cropping. I'm still not happy with this cheekbone. I think. I think it should be a little higher. So you can see in my drawing there is a mix of boxy marks like this but there's also very soft round strokes and i think a lot of people it's one or the other it's either all boxy or all organic and so when it's too organic it looks like noodles and when it's too harsh it looks almost robotic and so you want to combine those different types of strokes Yeah, that's helping. Oh, the nose is such a disaster. So his nose comes up a little at the bottom. Okay, ready to squint, everybody? We're squinting. There's a lot of squinting. Oh, that's it. I think the jawbone is a little further back. And I think the ear needs to be moved over a little bit. Because I think this distance was not enough between the ear. Okay, and that also, I think, pushes his head back. This connection, where the hair inserts into the forehead, 
that's pretty important because I think oftentimes what happens is the transition is too harsh and it looks like a wig or it's not very well defined. And so we don't really know where it is. So that, that's a tricky transition. And I think a lot of people don't think about it enough. Anywhere that the hair transitions into the face, for example, this little spot here is very important. Even the top of the mustache is where it transitions into the face. Oh, Ricky, you're so cool. I love him. <laughs> Squinting a little more. So I'm tweaking now. I'm not doing anything major. I still feel like, I think maybe, oh, the jawbone's a little more tilted than I had it. Okay, so then that pushes the ear over here. Does everybody see how many times I'm redrawing things? I must have drawn the ear at least four times by now. So never feel like, oh, I didn't get it the first time. No way. I can't do that. Impossible. Oh, maybe he's not tilted enough. I'm going to try to fix that now. I think it's just a matter, I just have to bring in the beard a little bit. Maybe tilt the cheekbone a little more. Yeah, that would make me sad if I didn't get the tilt because ultimately that's extremely important. Oh, that's good. Oh yeah, that's what it was. I was missing the tilt. And so actually the ear is all the way up here. And oh yes, this is it, this is it. <laughs> I got it, okay. I, I was missing the tilt, the tilt was not there. Oh, that's better. Okay, but then that moves this and it also moves the eye. Yeah, because the right eye is higher. So don't be afraid to make these gigantic structural changes because they make a difference. Okay, that also tilts his nose more like that. Okay, and then the mustache is like up here. Oh my God, you're doing the whole thing. better. I think this eye needs to come up a little more. Forehead's not big enough. Oh, I love this eyebrow. All right, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Karasu's asking, how do these techniques apply to manga and cartoon art? Well, things like the tilt of the head. That's extremely important. No matter what style you're doing, figures have gestures. So if you have a manga figure and you make their head very upright when really they should be tilted, that's something you would want to fix because there are certain things that are inherent to all images of humans. And I think every single figure, no matter what they're doing, has a gesture. You could be sitting down. There's a gesture when somebody's seated. Things like posture are very important. He's sort of leaning downwards, okay? So he's not really upright. And so posture is critical across art forms. I like this. We're getting deep. <laughs> Ginger Sol says loyalty. Tom Cuke says empathy and reliability. Yes. And 
being able to click and talk about important things with each other is important. I tend to be pretty quiet, so it's hard. King Casey. Oh, I was so shy in high school. You probably never heard me speak. <laughs> Actually, this was really frustrating. I had this one student teacher in history class and she wrote us notes to each student. And I was really annoyed because in her note, she talked about how quiet I was and I was like, I don't need you to point this out, okay? I know. <laughs> I mean, she probably meant well. Maybe she was trying to make me feel more seen, but being the self-conscious high schooler I was, it just frustrated me. Manette says, haven't been feeling creative, so just watching. Question though, thinking of doing abstract paintings, but I'm not sure how much planning goes into that. Thumbnails still or more stream of conscious? Try both. Abstraction is a really different beast than when you're doing something figurative. And we do have a stream where I go through a series of abstract prompts. So maybe those prompts can help you because I know that's really common. A lot of people are not really sure where to begin with abstraction. Like we have a prompt where you play a sound effect and you try to create a piece based on that. There's all kinds of prompts. Just look up Art Prof abstract prompts. You'll find it on YouTube. A scarf says loyalty, mutual support, similar sense of sarcastic humor is the best. Oh, I need that. It, anybody who doesn't understand sarcasm, I'm sorry, you can't be my friend. <laughs> you know, that's terrible, but it's true. <laughs> really good observation from Seven Angelic. There's this interesting perspective happening in the photo where it feels like there's this slight distortion. His forehead feels like it's coming closer to you. I was saying yesterday at the workshop that, you know something, even though a face is pretty shallow in terms of depth, there is depth. If you think about, okay, maybe your nose juts out more than say your mouth. And so the nose is closer to the viewer than your mouth is. And there are ways to emphasize that. Oh, good. Thanks, Carolyn. <laughs> I feel validated. Who says the tilt works so much better now, though watching how the one change put other things out of whack is interesting. I think the mouth and beard still need to move a scooch to the right. Yeah, I'm getting there. And it's important to be willing to do that because I know it's easy to look at the piece and say, oh, I didn't get the tilt, but I already spent so long on this. I don't want to bother going back to do that. But it's like at this stage, it's easy to do because it's still in fine charcoal. I can get rid of it. That is not a realization you want to have when you're three hours into a drawing. Got to fix it now. It's such a time saver to fix it now. And the tilt is critical. I mean, if I don't get the tilt, it's almost like you're missing half the point of the portrait. But it's true. You fix one thing, eight other things have to change. And that's the part that I think people don't like, myself included. But necessary. DK says, my sarcasm delivery is so deadpan, people often think I'm being serious. I've gotten in trouble a few times. <laughs> it's like, really? You don't understand? I'm like, so whenever I do it online, I always write sarcasm because I'm worried <laughs> it's going to be taken the wrong way. <laughs> By the way, tell me in the chat, who here has worked with charcoal? And what's your take? Do you like charcoal? Do you find it too messy? Do you find it frustrating? Because charcoal to me, it's not my favorite medium for my own personal work, 
But I think it's incredibly helpful for beginning artists because you learn how to draw more boldly. It's very flexible because a lot of people, their first encounter with drawing tends to be pencil. And that's fine. But the thing about pencil is it does make you draw very tightly. And so I think charcoal is extremely helpful because you can't draw tightly. You got this big hunk of charcoal. That's not really going to happen. All right. Let me evaluate a few more things, but I think I'm almost ready to move on. Because I know at this point, any changes that I want to make are not super fundamental like they were with the tilt. I just want to make sure I'm getting the tilt. I think this forehead is... Yeah, the forehead is just so important. By the way, when I found this photo, I actually put it into Photoshop and I pumped up the contrast because it wasn't great. And so that's something I recommend. Any reference photo you use, you probably can't use it as it is. I go through and I make all kinds of changes to the references. I'll change the color, saturation. So that way it's closer to what I'm actually trying to do. Probably at some point I will do a stream about the references for the painting I'm doing right now because, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever come up with such a complex series of references ever. That, that's probably the first time. I think I spent a day just doing photo bashing and that was, oh my God, it was so much work. And then even as I was working on the painting, I would realize, oh shoot, this reference isn't giving me what I need. I need to go back and shoot another one. And so my poor husband had to pose for these reference photos. So when you see the painting, you'll see his hand holding something is um, the character holding something. That's my husband's hand. <laughs> Oh, our partners and friends and family, they they help us. Does anybody here in the chat, do you have a friend, a family member, a partner who helps you somehow artistically? Because my husband has to do the reference photos and he oftentimes has to fix things if they involve construction. I'll have some canvas thing. I'm, trying to put together and I'm like, please, can you screw this for me? <laughs> because you know what? I am convinced that being an artist, that it takes a village. You can't be an artist by yourself. It's just not possible. Here's a really good example. I've been really stressed about finishing that commission. And I'm actually really happy. I made major progress yesterday. I just painted straight for the whole evening. I was really happy about that. But you know something? The only reason I got to where I am is because my mother-in-law, the bread fairy, she cooked for us for two days. She just made all the meals. Usually I'm the one that cooks. But she came and she did all these meals because she knew I had this really tough deadline. Oh my gosh, I think her cooking those meals, I think she gave me six hours of my life back, if not more. 
So people can support you as an artist in different ways. It's not always a critique. In fact, I, I don't encourage critiques from family and friends. <laughs> they mean well, they really do, but they are not helpful most of the time. Okay, I think I'm ready to move on to the compressed charcoal. So this is the compressed charcoal. Usually it comes in a very long stick. I always try to make it small like this because you know when it's too long, it's very difficult to use for tone. And so I usually like it about that long, maybe a little bit more, it's up to you. And the whole point here is to go in and block in shadows. So that, that's the whole concept behind this ground is that not only does it get rid of the wide of the page, but it's now a reference point in terms of value. So this is a mid-tone gray. And then I come in with the compressed charcoal, I add the dark values, and then I'll go in with an eraser and I'll remove the highlights. So it's this middle ground. So if you have a white sheet of paper, everything you put on a white sheet of paper looks too dark. Here, you can very visibly see highlights. It's amazing. That's why, see, it's amazing charcoal technique. It's terrible, you guys. I leaned into the clickbait because you know what? I did and the numbers went up. <laughs> I just like, really feel like it's a language you need to speak. Okay, so what I'm going to do, block in big areas of tone. And by the way, you don't want to press too hard. If you press really hard, it's difficult to erase. So I'm putting it down so you can see it, but not more than that. So for example, if I went and I did it like this, that would be terrible to erase. You could, but it's a lot of work. And so you can see this is visibly darker than the vine charcoal, but not by much. Actually, this crease is pretty important, so I want to get that in there because basically what you're doing with the compressed charcoal, you are solidifying what the vine charcoal already has. This vine charcoal is so light. It, I mean, I could blow on it and it would disappear. So really what I'm going through is I'm solidifying what's already there and I'm blocking in a lot of tones. You will lose quite a few of your vine charcoal strokes. And when you start with this, it is going to look like a mess. It's going to feel really, really sloppy for a little while. But my whole thing is you make a mess and then you clean it up. Because you know something, it occurred to me the other day, because a lot of you have talked to me about being worried that you'll mess it up or feeling intimidated to get started because you're worried you're going to make a bad drawing. And I get it. I feel the same way. I'm just erasing this spot because I made a, oh, whoa, that looks terrible. Yeah, that is so not, I, I'm just erasing here to get rid of that wacko nose that I had. Um, so it occurred to me, okay, well, why do we feel that way? Part of it is that we say, oh, well, I really want to do well. Who doesn't want to do well? <laughs> Myself included. But I think actually the heart of that feeling 
to me, it comes from feeling like you can't fix it. Putting something down and thinking to yourself, that looks terrible. Oh no, there's nothing I can do about it. That I think is what stresses people out. And it occurred to me that one of the reasons why I really like acrylic paint now, we're best friends now, is because it's so easy to fix things. You can always paint over it. And I've been doing this thing. I don't know why. I'll always paint the text and then I'll always repaint it. I, I don't think I've ever done the text once and left it. And I, I love that flexibility knowing, oh, Clara, if you mess up the text, you can just redo it. It's fine. And so I wonder that that's my new theory. So I'm wondering, do you guys think that's right? Do you think that is part of it is feeling like you'll make a mistake and you won't know how to fix it? Or maybe the, the medium you're doing won't let you fix it because there's some reason like marker, you, you really can't erase it. Although there are other ways of fixing things. It's not always erasing that does that. And that was such a revelation to me because I, I talked to so many people who struggle with that feeling. And I feel like in some ways that makes it feel a little more concrete. So then it becomes more of a problem solving thing where you can say, okay, well, I feel like I can't fix it, but maybe there is a technique that will help me fix it. So for the acrylic paint, I actually had a bunch of spots where I was trying to cover something with white, but the white wasn't very good. It, it kept showing what was underneath. And I was so frustrated because I couldn't get rid of some of these colors. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I ended up buying this white from Stuart Semple. Lauren suggested it to me. And it's really intensely opaque. I was very excited about that. My only problem with it is that it has a little bit of an odor and it dries really fast, which I, <laughs> that does not help me. So I don't think I'll use it as part of the painting, but it's really helpful for fixing mistakes, like covering things up. So I was like, okay, it's good for that reason. So that that's almost my way of fixing, covering things up. I'm going to keep the clothing very gestural. Oh, you know something else? This is too low because it actually lines up with his lip. Oh, okay. So it's more like that. get some of the scarves. So I'm pressing hard enough, but not so hard that it's really difficult to erase. Okay, now here I'm just going to block in a big area of tone, but then I'm going to go in harsher with a darker line so I can put in the jacket. And that will get fixed more later on. Isn't that fun how quickly it comes together? Once you get past that initial stage of the setup, the, the technique happens very fast. That's one of the things I like about this technique. I mean, this is my favorite drawing technique 
for charcoal. I, I just find it, it really works well. Oh, the eye is not tilted. Okay, hang on, let's fix that. Anything you see in terms of placement, now is the time to fix things. Oh, that, that moves the eyebrow actually. <laughs> okay, let's, so I'm, I'm trying to fix all the placement. Placement's very important because once you start doing all the shading and details, it becomes harder and harder to fix things. Oh, the high eye is too low. Push it up. Oh my God. Fix it now. Actually, that probably moves his forehead too. Shoot. Now maybe his forehead's up here. Okay. Just do a quick pass of that. So once I realized, wow, acrylic makes it very easy to make changes. My whole attitude towards acrylic totally changed. I was like, I can fix it. And so I stressed a lot less because in the beginning I was like, oh, can't mess up. But then when I realized, oh, you can always fix it. It was wonderful. It was a great feeling. I was like, wow, why did I not think of this sooner? Squinting. Okay. All this has to be moved. See, I should have done this at the vine charcoal stage, but it's like a lot of things I just didn't see until we got over here. And I'm not saying that anything's permanent. I mean, you can go in and fix things, but it's ideal to do them sooner. Of course that moves his neck back. And that moves his collar. So it's more here. All right, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Ginger says, when I'm in school, I get scared to do risking things in my paintings because I only have so much time. I don't know if I'll be able to fix it or have the time. I usually play it so safe in school. I get it. When you're on a deadline and you don't have all the time to second guess and do all those things, you just have to accept certain things. That's okay. You don't have to do A plus work all day long. You can't. I don't know anybody who does. I think most of the time I'm doing B plus work. I love doing A plus work, but I rarely have time to do that. Tal says, I have a hard time getting into that mindset, having spent so much time doing watercolor first, where there's really no going back. This is not so much going back, but this is what helped me tell is sure, there's the brush part when you're doing watercolor. But I actually spent a lot of time with a wet paper towel scrubbing things out. So yes, you can't get rid of it 100%. But I did do this aloe painting in Portugal. You can look up Art Prof Aloe if anybody wants to find it. And I was amazed. I was able to get rid of so many things that I was not happy with. So you might try that because I'm finding also with the acrylic paints, as much as I'm painting with a brush, I have a paper towel right there to blot things. Because oftentimes I'll put something down, it's like too much water, or maybe the color's too dark. So I just blot it right away with a paper towel. So if you think about 
the paper towel is almost working side by side with the brush, that can make it feel a little more flexible. But yeah, the thing about watercolor is that initial freshness, the spontaneity of that first mark, you can't get that back. That's the thing. Oh yes, King Casey. Highlights are coming very soon. <laughs> Laura says, I started learning we used oil pastels. I think it was the same freedom as charcoal. We used to break the pastels in order to have more hand movement. It was great. Yeah, oil pastels, you would think they're not that flexible because they're pretty permanent, but you can scrape them off. And once you scrape them off, you can add white over a dark area and it will show. So oil pastels are very flexible. Oh, we've got some helpful partners. Husband is my rock, says Carolyn. I ask him for opinions. He enthusiastically supports my interests. Is interesting in more discussion than just that looks nice. Oh, you're lucky. Carolyn, <laughs> my husband won't talk to me about my stuff for good reason. I mean, it's just, it's a little too close for us. Trisha says, my husband helps me a lot. My kids are my subjects most of the time. I love that. You know, I really wish I had drawn my kids more when they were babies. Ugh, it was just such a nightmare when they were small. I just didn't do it. Oh, DK says, my 14-year-old son keeps me company when I'm creating things, which can be really helpful. That's all I've got. Well, you know something that really I believe is him learning through osmosis. Because you know something with my kids? I basically, I just throw art supplies at them. I don't try to teach them. I don't give them feedback on anything but you know something my 16 year old she's traveling and she sent me a sketch that she did of somebody at the airport it's like how did you know to do that i i never told her to do that and it's a really good sketch it had like a lot of gesture it was like as good as an average college student and i have to think that she learned all that through osmosis <laughs> Karasu has a friend, Ginger Cell says siblings. And we also have Sound Angelic partner, brainstorming and motivation. King Casey, big multi-figure piece. Had to go around and ask my friends to help pose for references. Oh my gosh. That that is like to me, that is the most foolproof thing <laughs> to ask friends and family. I mean, you have to direct them. You have to get them to do what it is you're looking for. But this is really, really helpful because you can't shoot yourself for references sometimes. You need something that's like a full figure. It's impossible to do that by yourself. Kathy says, I wonder if you could do something similar with really soft pencil and a light touch for the early stages of the pencil drawing. I have done it with graphite powder, Kathy. And, and you could, with a very soft pencil, you could tone the whole thing, but it would take a while. The graphite powder is so fast. It's like you put it on and then you've got a tone. And we do have a video on that technique. So if you go onto artprof.org and you put into the search bar graphite powder, you'll find that tutorial. Ike says, using a tool that I can't erase always helps because it helps me keep working through the ugly phase until the drawing finally looks good. Honestly, an eraser can be the biggest crutch. 
because sometimes what I see is people are so nervous to put down a mark. Well, put it down, erase, put it down, erase. I guess it's sort of like the undo button when you're drawing in Procreate. And what happens is you end up with nothing because you spent all your time erasing. So sometimes that experience drawing from, say, using markers, using ink, where you can't go back and quickly erase, it's really good because it forces you to work in a reactive way and you keep pushing forward. There's none of this one step forward, 18 steps back thing. And so I always say to people, listen, you don't have to love markers to death, but it's a good experience. Because if you're always used to using the eraser, it can make you more self-conscious because you can erase it. Yeah, the one thing, Kathy, graphite powder is so disgustingly messy. And so if you do it, put something on your floor because it's gross. <laughs> Yeah, Tal sums it up very well. That's why I like media that feels more permanent, forces me to go with the spontaneity and working with what happens. Absolutely. All right, let's get back to Ricky. I already can see he does not have enough hair. He's got, actually, I need to crop a little higher, I think, because I switched some things. So let's crop it more there initial line. So you want to hear my plan? <laughs> I'm always scheming. <laughs> I'm going to post this on Instagram and I really want Ricky to see it. I want him to repost. <laughs> we'll see if he does. That's why it makes me sad. Aaron Tabate doesn't really have doesn't do much on social media. Like he has Instagram and he'll post, but he does not post that often. It makes me sad. I guess he's like not that into social media. So I just pushed the forehead up and then immediately I pushed it down. That's really common. You do one thing, you take it back and that's fine. Okay, there's also this one plane it's part of the eye socket. It's not that dark, but I want it in there because yes, value wise, it's not like that, but this is a plane. And so that's something I try to find in a face. I say, where's the plane? This is a plane. This is a plane. All right. So you have this plane and then this plane is doing that. So I look for planes wherever I can. Oh, I have to move his whole scarf. Is that? Oh, shoot. The whole scarf, it's like all the way over here. Okay. Make these changes now. I guess because I was messing around with some of the other things that started to screw with the clothing. Okay, so this part of the scarf still stays. He's got a lot of necklaces. All right. And I do want to start to hint at some of the patterning here, but I think what I'll probably do is I'll make it dark and I'll pull it out 
with an eraser. That seems to be the better way to go, but I am going to try to approximate some of the bigger patches. Okay, so you can see I'm not drawing the pattern, but I'm suggesting that there's something there. This is too boxy. More squinting. Gotta squint. Does anybody here else squint as much as I do? I feel like half the day I'm squinting. Oh, the ears still too low. For those of you who draw portraits, who here feels like their drawing just drives them crazy? Because it's like, ah, too high, too low, smaller, to the left. <laughs> I mean, you can keep scrutinizing that forever and ever. But at a certain point, for me, some of that is fruitless. And what I'm more concerned with, okay, does this really capture his personality? Oh, he's so cool, you guys. So he sings this one song. It's basically a cover of Lady Gaga's Bad Romance, but it's called Backstage Romance. And he's so good, oh my God, the dancing. All right, let's go in, pop in the highlights. And for the highlights, I like to use a Mars Stadler white plastic eraser, which is currently black. <laughs> and I like this eraser because it's really strong. It's very blunt. I call it the bulldozer eraser. It, it can just clear out big areas of value. The kneaded eraser, I don't use this one very much. I use it more towards the end where it's good for smudging, but when you're initially trying to establish highlights, really get those shapes in, this is not good. It's not strong enough. This eraser is awesome. So, okay, I love this part, it's so fun. And I try to do it in a very blunt manner And this, you got to press hard. Sometimes when I used to teach RISD, I would have students use this eraser. They go, mine doesn't work. I'm like, you're not pressing hard enough. <laughs> press harder. Isn't that fun? Oh, it's so fun. This is like one of my favorite parts. So cool. and you're trying to block out shapes, you want to avoid just doing wide lines, which is kind of what I'm doing now, but we'll get to more shape stuff. And I am thinking structurally, like this is the cheekbone. I'm trying to articulate that. Look, his eyebrows really weird looking. I'll come back to that. So something like this, the forehead. I, I'm just trying to clear it out. So you're doing the bluntest, the biggest shapes. 
and you're not trying to smudge anything. So I know with charcoal and soft pastels, there is that temptation to smudge everything. But my problem with smudging, I mean, honestly, it's a control thing because when you smudge something with your fingers, so look at this, there's a mushiness to that. There's no tension, but you can see when I do it with the eraser, th there's a movement, like the, the stroke is going in a particular direction. When you smudge, it's not going in any direction. So for me, the eraser, it gives you direction of your stroke, but it also provides tension because there's tension in muscles. There's tension in the skin. Oh, actually, this is a little too straight. And you know something? I'm not going to go for super realistic detail. Let's try to channel John Singer Sargent. If there's anybody who I recommend for charcoal portraits, John Singer Sargent, he's the way to go. Or for somebody more expressive, Frank Auerbach. Two very, very different ways of using charcoal. I love them both. So check them out. Just look up Frank Auerbach charcoal drawings and you'll find them. They're amazing. Oh, I love them. They're so emotional. They're just wonderful. So this, again, this is too dark. I'm not going to leave it there, but it's there for now. I guess his scarf probably should be removed a little bit. It's still pretty dark. But I'm going to lift it a little. Not the way I was at the top. But just a hair. So at least there's a very clear value change. And actually, you can see a little bit of his shirt. Also, his shirt hits his chest. Okay, and he does have this necklace and all these things, but I'm not going to add it now. I think I'll do that with the charcoal pencil. It's a little too soon to be doing that. Let's go back and get that a little more articulate. So again, down here, I'm not going to do a lot of detail. I'm going to do some, but... It's not going to be one of those photorealistic portraits. Honestly, I don't know how anybody has the patience to do that. I mean, especially if you look at the stuff that you see on Instagram. I mean, I saw one that just popped up on my feed and it was like this huge photorealistic thing. And the person wrote, oh, this took me 90 hours. I'm like, dude, I don't have 90 hours <laughs> to spend on anything except maybe Benedict Cumberbatch movies. <laughs> I'm sure I've logged more than that over time, but I just like couldn't conceive how people have time to do this. I mean, I guess if you don't have kids, it's probably a big part of it. Yeah, there are a lot of things I could do if I didn't have kids. <laughs> like, wow, I, I would be like rolling in cash if I didn't have kids. <laughs> and I'd be less stressed and 
I wouldn't be sleep deprived, but then I wouldn't have my kids. For those of you who have kids, do you think this is true? Somebody said this to me once and I thought it was brilliant. They said, having kids is the best and worst thing to ever happen to you. And it's true. It, it's like some days you want to wring their necks and other days you, you just love them so much. You just don't know what you do without them. All right, might be time to bring in the needed eraser. I still feel like he's not wide enough. Squinting. It's here. I, I think he was a little more. Ugh, this one spot is driving me a little crazy right now. And you know what I find is stressful about portraits? It's like the most minor change helps or hurts. <laughs> so I was doing the painting the other day and something wasn't right. And, and then I looked at it in my phone as a little thumbnail, thank goodness. And it turned out the eyebrow was too short. And you know something, the second I added a quarter of an inch to the eye, it looked better. I was like, wow. It's just, it's like the tilt I was talking about. Like there'd be something inherently not good if I didn't get in that tilt. So I'm gonna try to really retain my strokes. Like stylistically, that's my plan is to show my strokes. Okay, that's getting there. All right, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Love how Kathy puts this. The more photorealistic, the less I see the hand of the artist. That is something I crave when I see artwork. I like seeing the hand. For example, whenever I go to a museum and I see, let's say, a Rodin sculpture, when you can see a thumbprint in the sculpture, it, I mean, that is deep. <laughs> That's a connection, a human connection with the sculpture because we see the hand of the artist. <laughs> it's art prop promoting that having kids is bad. I'm promoting that it's the best and worst thing to happen to you. <laughs> That's what I'm promoting. TL? says, so tired of those photorealism drawings of Heisenberg and the Joker. I admire the time and effort, but the result is boring and stiff. Well, the thing about photorealism, in my opinion, is it's more about copying. It's not as much about drawing. And for me, drawing is all about interpretation. So for example, maybe some of you are drawing Ricky with me. You'll draw him differently than I will. And that is the hand of the artist, that you see him in a different way than I do. I mean, sometimes... We'd have, okay, one model posing in my RUSTI class, and you have 20 students. And when you walk around the classroom, every person in that class draws somebody differently. Same model, totally different drawing. We had this wonderful model, Brian, when I was a student there. And some people would make him really scary looking. He was great. He, he was such a softy, but he was this like big guy. And then other people would make him look so kind. 
And I just think that's brilliant. Seeing the model through that artist lens, I'm using their eyes, which I think is fantastic. Comcuke says in the reference photo, the shape of the eyebrow combined with the highlight on his brow bone looks like a swimming whale. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, that eyebrow is so dramatic. To me, this portrait is about that eyebrow. That is the star of the show. King Casey says, usually a tug between too tight, too loose. I'll get in the zone working one way. I'll look back and the whole thing looks monotonous. Well, that's where I let the drawing sleep. <laughs> overnight. Oh, shoot. I just saw one thing before I forget. <laughs> Actually, that's one thing that I do sometimes is sometimes I, I don't have time to work on something because my kids are yelling at me. But I, I see something. I'm like, oh, man, I need to fix that. So I'll actually take a photo of the drawing and I'll just circle the spots that I want to do. I did that yesterday. Laura says, when I started learning, my teacher used to say, it's just a piece of paper. Don't like it, throw it away. You could feel the collective cringe every time he said it. Now I know what he meant. Yeah. The other thing too, it, we're talking about being able to fix your drawing. I think a lot of people throw in the towel too soon. I think a lot of people get very discouraged, let's say within the first half an hour, but you have to keep going because you have to give it a chance. Like, I, I don't think I do any drawing, sustained drawing, that an hour in looks amazing. Like, to me, this has a lot of problems. It's on its way, but it's not there yet. Sweet Levita says, this reference photo looks very fun to draw. That's the other thing, is you have to draw something you like. Because sometimes people will say to me, drawing feels so boring right now. And I say, well, you got to draw something that excites you. I mean, I love Ricky. <laughs> He's so cool. And I've been listening to the soundtrack night and day, obviously. And I, I just, I feel so inspired looking at this. So if you feel it's boring, draw something else. And don't draw what people tell you to draw. Draw whatever you want. <laughs> Blue says, if you had two to three more hours to work on this portrait, what would you work on? Details, getting relative proportions better, shading or texture? I would say my next plan is to pull out some of the forms that have light, but that aren't gigantic. So if you look at his eyelid, I'm missing a highlight there. Definitely texture, because I don't want his beard to feel like his skin. This part down here, I wanna do a little bit, but not too much more. So it is very helpful when you're working on a piece, any piece, and you say, is there a focal point? Is there something I want the audience to really see? So it's almost like you create a hierarchy. You say, you know what, within this piece, for me, I, I want this. That is the focal point. I want his facial hair. He's wearing all these necklaces, but those to me aren't really that important. So sometimes just almost making a list in your head of prioritizing. This is very important. Now, maybe this side, maybe this is done. Maybe I'm not gonna touch this again. And that's fine. And so having a slight plan, oh, I wanna go about that way. That, that is really, really helpful. And 
Ken Casey says, I paint somewhat realistically too sometimes, but I always make an effort to express something, show my hand as an artist. So megatype photorealism just bugs me. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan. <laughs> we actually have a stream on it. I use stream about everything. If you just type in art prof hyperrealism, you'll find it in YouTube. Oh, you know what I didn't do? I didn't do the background. <laughs> okay catch myself there. I don't want the background to be anything that dramatic, but I do think some of these patterns in the back would help. And it will make the face pop a little more. So just this one simple tone helps. There is this slight rim lighting here. I don't think I want to do those highlights in the back. I just feel like they'd look a little awkward. So let's just make this part dark. And then we'll let this part, maybe I'll make it dark at the top and have it go down lighter towards the bottom. That will also help the hair be a little bit more atmospheric looking. Okay, I think it's time to go in and do some kneaded eraser. And what I wanna do for the kneaded eraser is I use it to smudge and it's better than my fingers because you know what, my finger's so blunt and with this I can shape it any way I want. And so an area like this, which is definitely too dark, it's really easy to go in and lift. And same thing up here. I don't want that texture of that charcoal to stay there forever. So it's a good way to just go in and make things a little smoother. And again, pushing things in a direction. So here I can come in and articulate that cheek better. So you'll see the kneaded eraser, it doesn't clear things out. It adjusts. It's not the same thing. I probably should save my eraser stick for the lip. Let's see. Do you need the pocket of the mouth? I didn't really put that in earlier. And maybe a little more articulation around the beard. Also, I have been thinking a lot about edges because it occurred to me that a lot of the times, the reason why something looks flat, it's oftentimes because the edge is too harsh. So yes, you want harsh edges in a couple spots, but when lines are too crisp, it has less depth. So I'm doing that a lot in my acrylic painting right now, where 
I'm softening up a lot of edges and it helps so much. All right, so in here, this is his chest, so I want that nice and smooth. And I might do harsher strokes over here. Oh, I lost his collar. And I want, there's like a really bold black shape here. So that's where shape comes into play. There's another shape here. That's pretty dramatic. So you can see the kneaded eraser, it pulls things down, which is a pretty big difference. It shows that direction. Oh, sorry, my webcam is blowing out all the whites. Well, if people can come to the chat in the Discord afterwards, you'll see a better version. You'll also notice I'm majorly slowing down. Oh, you know, this got, I think that got too, oh my God, it shrunk. Shoot. Oh, <laughs> okay. This whole area needs to go. <laughs> Which is why I'm glad I didn't spend too much time on it. Okay. So I'm going to line this up. Like it's about where his beard is, this little spot. I want to put down some blunter strokes over here. I'm going to start, you know what? Let's get in my eraser stick for the pattern because I'll be sad if I chicken out <laughs> on the pattern. So the eraser stick is a phenomenal tool. Not the eraser pencil which I dumped on in a recent live stream because those just don't work. So yes, this pattern, it's not remotely as bright, but it's very easy for me to go in and fix that. You know, like that mark, I might leave it. I don't need to get all specific. So this is very scribbly. And maybe I'm lazy, but I feel like I would rather do that than try to make it all drawing every single line out. Do 
tell me in the chat what kind of erasers do you guys like because to me the whole thing about an eraser it's a drawing tool a lot of people make the mistake and they think about it as just for getting rid of mistakes but it's not i mean it's my favorite drawing tool i feel like i like it more than i like charcoal in a way i feel like i spend more time with the eraser so let's get some really blunt strokes I think I'm gonna, oh, this, this, I need this little highlight down here at the bottom. So you can see the needed eraser, it's really here for subtle changes. It's not here for anything that's supposed to be super blunt. It's a very different type of eraser than the Mars plastic eraser. seem to get his neck oh yeah that's a so it's important to look at edges so up here that's a very harsh edge but then down here it gets very smooth so that's what you're looking for oh you know what totally been ignoring his hair i'm gonna get back into that so with hair, you look at the direction of the hair. So his hair, it, it comes down like this. It's a little hard to see, but that, that's to me the most important part here, the direction. So it's, it's almost dangerous to fill in the hair. And then the hair on this side, it goes up. I guess this hair goes... Ooh, I like his hair. He's just so cool looking. I love you, Ricky. <laughs> He's so cool. Okay. I'm going to get Boulder. Boulder, Boulder, come on. Kick butt. You know, sometimes I feel like a volleyball player again because <laughs> I played volleyball in high school. I was so into volleyball. And when we start a game you know you, you do that like let's go blah, blah, blah. but it's like that stuff helps it helps with drawing coming in and saying yeah let's go i'm a badass right oh and there's this beautiful oh i love this this is really good this highlight and then there's another one coming down So this is a really cool lighting effect. Actually, Vermeer did this all the time. It's rim lighting. You got some really cool effects. Okay, a little bit more with the needed eraser. I'm not quite done with it. Might have to bring in the charcoal pencil pretty soon.
I love this part. This is the fun part. <laughs> oh, you know what I need? Let's articulate his lips. That's been neglected. So another thing you guys can do when you're sketching is you can ask yourself, because a lot of people say, well, I don't really know what to do next. Everybody gets to that point. So what I like to say to people is, okay, where is the emergency? What is the part of the drawing that is visibly the least finished? Where is the emergency? So for me right now, it's the mouth because the mouth is a wreck. And usually that's a good way to do it because most people I think can identify within the context of the drawing, what is the most visibly unfinished? Usually, I mean, it depends if you're really far along, sometimes it's really hard. Oh, those lips do not look good. It's tricky because the top lip, it's like really, really thin. So it's not very well articulated. And you know something, I do need to draw the mustache with the lip because the mustache is such a critical part. And charcoal pencil. Ah, shoot, that broke. <laughs> Crap. Okay, so what you want to do, you take your utility knife and you sharpen it like this. Every time you put these in the pencil sharpener, they always break. So I find the utility knife is the safest way to sharpen the charcoal pencil. What, are you serious? Oh my God, it broke again? I guess I'm cutting it a little too long. Oh, I hate these things, they always break. Please don't break. Okay, good. Let's get rid of that stuff. All right, mustache. So this is like a really harsh stroke. Okay, we gotta get back into the eyes. And for that, I'm gonna take my phone, I'm gonna zoom like way in so I can really see what's happening there structurally. I'm gonna pull out the top eyelid. Actually, I think it's more to the right, let's push it this way. I mean, the thing about doing a portrait is just constant adjustments. It's like, you can't ever rest on your laurels when it comes to a portrait. You can't tell yourself that you're all set because you never really are. So I do use my finger a little bit, not that much though. It's not common for me to do a lot of that. Oh, I wish my webcam wouldn't blow everything out. I'm sorry you guys can't see that very well.
oh my god are you serious you suck not you guys the charcoal pencil who's so mad is it this brand i don't remember having a pencil that broke this many times so stupid maybe it's the brand i'll just sharpen it really short Oh my God, you can't be serious. Okay, good. I thought I broke it again. What? Oh my gosh, this is so dumb. What the crap? Let me try this other brand. What? Are you serious? Did I disconnect my webcam again? Oh my God, I'm so dumb. <laughs> I'll be right back. It'll just take a minute. I know how to fix it. I'm still here. I'm just an idiot, and apparently, ugh, I think I need a webcam that has a longer thing. Let's try this again. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. Have you ever bought a print from an artist? Because you know something? I didn't grow up with being able to buy a print from an artist. I mean, when I was a kid, you had to buy things through a retail store. You, you couldn't do it any other way. But I've been working on getting these prints up for my shop. And I can't believe what you can get now. So I, I'm in this rather odd situation where I am making prints, but I don't have the experience of buying a print, which I think is a little weird. The same thing with YouTube. It's like I didn't grow up with YouTube, and yet I have a YouTube channel, but I don't really watch YouTube. It's sort of hypocritical. I just don't have time. Too many other things. Okay, we're back. Sorry, everybody. I know that's really stupid. Okay, let's get back to Ricky's eye. Let's go back. Where's that other? Where's my box? Oh, here it is. I'm going to try a different brand. Although, ugh, I wish I had a soft one. This is medium. Well, let's just try this. If it's terrible, I can go back to the other one. Let's get in. Okay, that one's... Oh, wait. This is like a different color. This one's more gray. Okay, I don't like that. We have to go back to the crappy one. This is so stupid. I'm, I'm mad at my charcoal pencil. It's just being so dumb. I mean, I know they're fragile, but this just seems exceptionally fragile. I'm going to do the shortest tip so it doesn't break. Come on, come on, don't break. Whew. Okay, there we go. <laughs> it didn't break. <laughs> well, it looks like he has all kinds of eye makeup on which makes it really cool in my opinion. 
And it's hard to see, but you can see his pupil in the reference photo. Looks like he's got a lot of eyeliner on. I mean, the makeup people are extraordinary. I cannot believe the effects that they get. I was never into makeup. I guess my mom wasn't really either, but it's not something I ever paid attention to, but I know it's something a lot of people really like and spend a lot of time on. Okay, so you can see I'm getting into more of the nitty gritty. Wanna get this shadow a little more nuanced. And this spot is gonna be extremely high contrast, really harsh strokes, especially this eyebrow. It's the most amazing eyebrow. Now I'm going to get into the neck, I, not the neck, <laughs> the, the nose. I hate drawing noses. Who here gets annoyed when they have to draw a nose? Oh, I just think they're really, really weird looking. So I was working on Derek Klenna. He's the not Aaron Tveit Christian in Luan Rouge drawing his nose. And I was like, oh my God, your nose is so freaking hard. It's like sort of long, but tapers at the end. I don't know. I, I know a lot about his nose now. <laughs> Ricky's nose is not bad. This is, I can do this. All right, I think I'm almost ready to go in and do a pass of really gestural strokes. I'm almost there. That's the last thing is these really super, super bold strokes. The, the strokes that are very raw and blunt because those to me are really what gives a charcoal drawing almost a, a type of bite. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody here, but it's, it's basically what keeps the charcoal drawing from looking really mushy. It, it gives a little more structure. Like he's got a little bit of hair that's coming down there. Oh man, I totally forgot about the hair. I'll go back and work on that. Yeah, I need, I need some, this transition needs to be a little softer. Isn't the eraser stick amazing? I love it. It's like one of my favorite tools. Who here uses an eraser stick? Because actually I didn't know about it until one of my students told me. They had it in class and I was like, wow, what is that? So you learn all kinds of things from your students. I learned from you guys. All right, Ricky make this happen. Yeah, so here there's actually a highlight on the hair and that comes from the rim lighting. So I might smudge a little here. 
but I really prefer more of the direct marks. Oh, I've been neglecting his forehead too. Oh, and there's this little, okay, th this is going to make the eyebrow pop. Might be too high, but I sort of don't care. <laughs> I sort of want it to be too high. Because you know something? The accuracy thing, ugh, whatever. I'm just not interested in that. Oh, see, I, I rubbed away. Pfft, this disappeared. That will happen. back. Also, I, I also lost the lost the jawbone. Oh, the mouth is kind of a mess. All right, let's see what people are saying in the chat. This morning, I said to myself, oh, you're gonna just throw this together. And of course, it ends up being a two hour stream again. It just it takes time. Thank you so much, Miriam, for the super sticker. You guys, that adds up over time. Those little super chats and stickers. Trisha says, I struggle with noses. I cannot believe I still struggle with them and I've done many portraits. They just look weird. They're just strange forms. To me, a lip and an eye make sense, but a nose is just bizarre. <laughs> Spice Invader says I could probably spend tweaking a nose forever. Oh, I know portraits you can just pick and pick. So Akalai says art professor gave me his eraser stick. Been using it a lot ever since. Oh, I love this, Cassandra. I have an old fashioned wall mounted crank sharpener inherited from my father-in-law. I love it. It works great. I grew up with one of those. I remember the stick in the wall. <laughs> And Karasu has bought small prints at anime and comic conventions. Yeah, that's a big thing. My kid went to a convention and came back with, I think, at least prints. Okay, Seven Angelic has bought from local markets. Punkle Junk says some pencils that get dropped a lot may have cracks inside. Oh, okay, that would be me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I have the Tombow mono eraser. For some reason, it's not strong enough for me. It doesn't remove as well as the General's one. I mean, it's totally personal taste. Okay, so George uses the kneaded eraser the most. 
<laughs> Punkle Junk likes the pink pearl. Hey, if it works for you, great. Lisa says, how many times do you declare your drawing done? I'm on the second time. Oh, God, don't even get me started. The whole am I finished thing is just so frustrating. All right, let's get back into it. I think this might be the last pass. Who knows? Might change my mind in three minutes. Okay, Ricky, we're going to give you some tension. All right, so now this stage, I'm going to put in marks and I'm just going to put them down. Really, really bold. Here we go. Ready? So I discovered that it's funny. You would think really bold gestural strokes. You would think, oh, they're so gestural. Therefore, I have to draw them fast. But you know, I found it's the opposite. That actually, to make something feel really gestural, you have to draw slow. And that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm actually going to slow down the process a bit. So that way I, I really can do those things. You know, I got to work on the brow. I feel like the brow, I really, really want that to pop. So th this needs a little more work. Because th this is critical to this piece. So there, you can see I smudged it, but then I go back in with the eraser and articulate some more. So it's sort of rare that I will put down a stroke and just leave it. Usually there's some shift. And up here, I want to blend a little more, but this is going to be really harsh. So that's another thing you can think about is how does a line or a mark change? Maybe the mark is very crisp at first, and then maybe it becomes very harsh or it gets wider. Because I think the whole thing about lines is you just don't want to let a line stay too much the same for too long. Okay, and let's give him some highlights. It's probably too light. Let's make it a little darker. So you can see most of the eraser work I'm doing is at the very end. I don't do it in the early stages. Some charcoal pencil work to clean up some of the edges. I'm going to keep the ear really simple. I'm not going to do too much. But enough that there's something there. 
Oh, I love doing these last passes of the hair. It's so fun. Ah, oh my God, I hate you. Oh my God, I'm so mad at the stupid charcoal pencil. Come on, I need you to work for like 20 more minutes. That's all I need. This is so stupid. This is the worst charcoal pencil I've ever used. You ever feel sometimes your art supplies hate you? They're like laughing at you. So oftentimes the charcoal pencil marks, they're too harsh. So I'll put them down and I'll do a little pass. The eraser stick is really good for creating tension. I do want to give his eyebrow a little more texture. So it's almost like the tone you put down in the beginning is a placeholder in a way. And I love doing the little highlight in the eye. His is very dark. I don't want it to be that noticeable. Getting rid of some edges. Lost his, I keep losing his jawbone. I mean, there are areas you just need to keep it with the vine charcoal, but get in the way. I didn't really work on his eye very much here because there's just almost nothing to look at, but I'll do a little hint. That left eye is not that critical. The other eye is much more important. So I'm not super worried about it. Okay, time to work on his mustache. Oh my God, I hate this charcoal pencil. This is just the worst. But I can't use the other one because the other one's like the wrong color. You know, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm pressing too hard. Maybe if I just have a lighter touch, it won't die on me so much. This is so stupid. Like a quarter of the stream is me sharpening a charcoal pencil. Okay, let's just draw really light. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Okay, it's time for the mustache. Okay, I officially... Ugh. This is so stupid. Like, I can't believe how dumb I am. I mean, th this is real. This is part of the art process is being furious at your supplies. This charcoal pencil is like out to get me. It's so stupid. Please tell me I'm not the only one <laughs> that has these stupid problems. Remember, draw really light. Draw light.
Oh, I feel like the lips, oh, they got super mushy. But I got to bring them back. That's a little bit better. Let's do the beard. This is just a great look. Oh, I need to fill this. It's funny. It's like there's so many things you notice because you're like, I'm going to finish it. And then along the way, you're like, oh, my gosh, I did not work on this. All right, let's get that neck in there. Bring back stupid jawbone, which hates me. Everything hates me. All my art supplies, my drawings, they all hate me. Like there's some vendetta against me today. I think the hair up here, just a little more articulation. It's getting there. I feel like I'm losing the left eye a bit. Oh my gosh, I keep this area. It's because it's all vine charcoal. Like it keeps getting mushed. I have to try harder to keep that under control. I hope Ricky reposts. <laughs> Has anybody here tried to get a celebrity to repost something? Because that's my new goal in life. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to leave the face alone. Let's go in and add some of the more dramatic things. And again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'm going to do some pretty strong strokes. Oh, and actually, we need to add his necklaces. That's going to be a big mess of marks. I'm not going to try to make it. super clear because there is a there's a little cross shape I'm just going to hint at it I'm not going to try to really draw a lot but he does have a really nice shadow that comes in here and I'm just going to block in really quick strokes just to indicate that there's some texture but not much beyond that 
remember, we're trying to channel John Singer Sargent today. I don't know if that's a very uh, good way to approach things. So I'm just saying myself, okay, Clara, what would John Singer Sargent do? But little details like this little edge of his scarf. Again, there's very little accuracy in here, but I'm just trying to capture the essence of all the textures that are in here. Like this scarf is pretty important because actually there's a shadow that comes up there. That's a little better. And then let's bring back this scarf, which disappeared for a little while. So to me, this is the stage where I'm just letting it fly. It's like bleh. So here, I, I'm going to barely articulate this. It's just a little hint. And same thing here with that design. I'm just seeing just these strokes. I love my racer stick. Like, why can't my... Truckle pencil, show me some love. Oh, I love the rim lighting. The rim lighting's fantastic. So he actually posted a really cool photo yesterday of him and Eric Anderson, who plays Zidler. And it was such a great photo. They were making the most incredible facial expressions. But you know what? The lighting was really bad. It, it looked really flat. So while I really wanted to do it, I was like, I can't. This is just going to cause so many problems for me down the line. So if some of you are using photo references, you know, it's really, really worth getting one with good lighting. Because bad lighting is just the worst. It's like it overcomplicates your life. I lost the crease. So that, that's the thing is when you're working on a drawing is you're going to lose things. There, there are things that just get smudged or just are not as present. All right, let's bring back some of those highlights in his nose. I lost a lot of those. Yeah, all the gray tones, they're all blown out because of my webcam. So you can all join me in the Discord after and I'll post it there so you can see what it really looks like. Okay, I gotta pay a little more attention to this. You know what I'm really gonna 
push is this part, the round loops. And maybe some of these bigger shapes at the top because I just, I can't deal with all that embroidery, which is beautiful, but I guess I'm just lazy. And you know something, a little bit of that background. That's easy. I think I'll just, it's sort of like these quick little, I, th I think it must be from like the big heart stage thing. It doesn't have to be accurate, but I just need something to fill the space so it doesn't feel so empty. So even just these little strokes, I think can be helpful. I don't know. Maybe I don't like that. <laughs> Who knows? Ow. I think I'm pressing way too hard on everything. <laughs> I'm liking this needed eraser though. Sometimes I don't like them that much, but it's my friend. I'm like some other drawing supplies. Like a tiny touch. All right, Ricky, I hope I did you justice. <laughs> All right, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Amanda says, I always find getting the midtones down the most difficult, the transition of the subtle landmarks. Oh yeah. You know something? If you think about it, putting down a very dark tone is easy. You just press as hard as you can. Highlights too. You just make it really bright. But the stuff in between, the grays, that is the hard part. But it's also the heart of creating a volumetric image. Yeah, stuff like this. This is where photo references are so limited, where you look at something, it's just bleh, black, and you're like, what do I do with this? Or if something's cropped, it's like the arm doesn't make sense because you can't see the elbow. So many things like that. <laughs> so angelic. I know you work at an art store who says, it's not you, Claire. Sometimes the supplies just revolt. Yep. <laughs> oh, I hate that ginger. I don't know what it is. It's like you hit a hard spot in the charcoal pencil and it goes, yeah, the worst. Cassandra says, maybe why some artists just use the compressed sticks. Yeah, I mean, you can use those, but the thing is they'll never be as sharp or as precise as a charcoal pencil. So I don't use a charcoal pencil a lot, but I mean, how would I ever do his mustache? By the way, his mustache needs to be taller. Let's just for emphasis. Ah, that's better. That that's like the eyebrow. I like extended it half an inch and it looked better. Janet says, for me to draw something gestural, I do the sketching part really fast. So it looks like a sketchy mess in the beginning, but then I draw slower afterwards. Yeah, that's similar to what I do. Because those really dramatic marks, you can't do them at the beginning because you're gonna lose them. 
Yeah, I might go back and spend some more time on the jacket because the jacket's amazing. And it is such a big part of this. So this is a little looser than I'd like it to be. All right, everybody, I hope you can join me in the Discord. I will post a better photo of this portrait there. And if you drew along, I'd love to see what you made. Check out our Patreon group. We have so much fun in there. You get to share your art and chat about anything you want during weekly voice sessions with staff. And you get lots of support and substantial critiques from me. I don't do critiques in the public forums. And most of all, you find support in a small group of artists. The people who are in the Patreon group are really invested in each other's progress. It's so nice. It's a total two-way street. There's no post and run. Art Prof has services. We have artist calls, portfolio critiques, statement editing, and personal art curriculums. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.